Hey, it's Jeff here. After working as an automotive tech for almost 25 years, I can honestly say that finding employment with the right shop has been the difference maker between loving what I do every day or hating my career choice. Let me tell you, I've been there, but I've also had jobs where work didn't really feel like work. I love the challenge of fixing cars. So loving what I do, that's the easy part. Finding a good place to do it in, now that's been the struggle. And that's where my friends at ProMotive knock it out of the park. They're a recruitment company specializing in jobs for our automotive industry. A-techs, B-techs, master techs, service advisors, managers, you name it. They are constantly looking for applicants in automotive to link them with available job postings at only the best vested shops around the country. ProMotive has a team of professional recruiters that can help you with your resume, prep you for the interview process, and negotiate the best pay and benefits package for you. And best of all, it's free to anyone looking to gain employment. Check them out at gopromotive.com slash Jeff. gopromotive.com slash Jeff. Just think, you could be just five minutes away from finding your dream job. I called Kirk and I'm like, Kirk, I know you and I talked about this at one of the training events. What'd you do to fix this? And the manager was standing there and I had it on speakerphone and he laughed. He goes, oh, you don't remember? I'm like, no, dude, it was two in the morning. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting, thought-provoking episode of the Jaded Mechanic Podcast. My name's Jeff, and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey of reflection and insight into the toils and triumphs of a career in automotive repair. After more than 20 years of skin knuckles and tool debt, I want to share my perspectives and hear other people's thoughts about our industry. So pour yourself a strong coffee or grab a cold Canadian beer and get ready for some great conversation. One of the buzz topics as of late has been training and training events. Is training worthwhile and does training pay or does it cost more than what it's worth? Matthew, I know you you are a trainer. I'm retired. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> on the bench, retired. but maybe he's not retired. He's still got a uniform on. And Brian, uh, you just attended TST two weeks ago. I sure did. And took uh, how many guys from the, the shop went with you? We had five of us total went. Um, I was the uh, second oldest, only because I brought Jim. Yeah. And Jim's and, uh, your boss. Yep. And uh, one of the fellows was about 23 years old. And one was 18 and one was 17. Wow. Yeah. We brought them to TST. And uh, I think they enjoyed it. We did a little pregame before TST. We uh, have been talking about specifically what they were going to teach there, a little bit of electrical fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I actually did that the week before TST. We really hit hard on electrical fundamentals. We went to TST, and then after I got back on this past week, I was actually at two classes at night for uh, meter fundamentals with one of the young guys. Awesome. And that was that was everybody with the exception of yourself. That's their first kind of destination event, right? Definitely. Yeah. Like Jim yep. has never even gone. To nope. such a, I mean, Jim's gone to training classes, but never gone to, you know, I guess what we call a destination event, which is like you travel to and you're staying for, yep. you know, yep. at He's least never been to a one. day. And that's, that's a big deal, right? Because you and I have talked about how, you know, so much of what we do is just the networking and the culture and stuff it is the destination events. It's, it's not necessarily, you can sit in a class through, you know, anywhere. 
you can sit on an online class, right? Sure. It's the it's yep. the destination events, I think, that sometimes is what reignites that fire in all of us to go. I mean, I didn't, I never, you guys, you know, we've all been friends for several years now, right? But we never met until AST, ASTE in, in November. So, I mean, I know that when I came home from ASTE, I felt like, you know, a totally revived person, completely different perspective. And I, I, Brian, you've heard me say all the time, I think that would really, you know, help everybody in your shop, you know. Yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to budget. Yes. To get 20 guys a year to destination training. But there's definitely an advantage to doing it. That is for sure. So I just, it was really worthwhile for us. I think Jim really saw the, the networking aspect of it you know especially yeah. we we sat down uh for lunch with the guy that heads up the max committee the mobile air conditioning yeah. service committee then we sat down uh for dinner with carmen tracy capriotto where which are actually they're local to us yeah yeah um here in western new york but um yeah i think he really enjoyed the networking aspect you know, the night before, the you know, went to dinner somewhere real nice and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, it was a it was a good trip. It was a, you know, for us it was a road trip. It's about a five and a half hour drive, so it was a good time. Yeah. Um, What's the farthest? Like it, sorry to interrupt you. What's the farthest that anybody traveled to that event? Did anybody kind of say like? Well, Oscar Gomez was there, and oh, I know that he's right. from like Fresno, California. Yeah. Yeah. That's where ASC Wave is. Fresno. Yeah. Yeah, I know because I got like forty-two boxes in my front room from them. <laughs> and my wife, every day when she comes home, she's like, "Why is there more? Why?" Right? And you're like, "Because this is." It's how- like the me- it's like the mechanic version of Amazon. Yeah, it, he is. Right. He's addicting. Yeah. 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 And the worst part is, is we're like friends on Facebook. I'm like, "Hey, can I get one of these?" He doesn't even tell me the price. He's like, "Okay." Next thing I know, you have a label. <laughs> does, he, does he have your credit card right on file? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have a Carlos card that has its own limit, and it's just for him to charge anytime he needs to. Yeah, he has a copy of wow. it hanging on his wall <laughs> in his office. Probably. I think I, I think next time I get this card. Like renewed, I'm just gonna overnight it to Carlos so he can manually swipe it and save that half of extra percent instead of you, digitally. You gotta typing. get a custom one. You know how you can get any photo put on a card. Get the AES logo put <laughs> on it, or get his Facebook profile picture for that. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh, that'd be epic. Yeah, Oscar's a good guy. Oscar's a really good guy. So yeah, I I met him. He's a he's a really nice guy. Mm. He uh. Runs quite an operation out there with training and a little bit of a shop and stuff like that. He's, he's cool dying to meet Paul when I told him we would do everything we could to try and set that up so that, you know, everybody, if we make it to ASTE next year or whatever, right? Because he's just, you know, because if you look at Oscar's kind of trajectory to get to where Oscar is and what he's doing, it's kind of similar to Paul's, right? Like they're both teachers, right? Educators. Yeah. So, yeah, essentially. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll probably all make it. I mean, there'll be a hurricane, so Matt will have to go somewhere. <laughs> so even if he doesn't want to go, we'll just convince him. Yeah, I mean. Matt. The next event I'm going to is in Orlando, and the one after that will be in Orlando, and the one after that will be in Orlando. But that's easy. That's easy jaunt for you. That's that's no kind of travel. Is that an hour from you, Matt? About an hour? 
Well, Orlando is an hour from Orlando. Yeah, it's right. As long as yeah, you're not I've, in rush hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I've driven. I've driven on four through Orlando before, and you're absolutely right. It can take so a while to get through there. The Orlando International Airport is like roughly forty minutes from my house. So that's not bad then, really at all. No, yeah. no. It's not wow. bad until you get to Orlando, and then you're like, oh, I'm on I-4. My day is now depressed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what did, uh, Brian, what did Jim think of the, the kind of, I don't want to say that he was, like, some of the tech maybe caught him off guard, like, what the technology that's coming. Because, I mean, you keep him pretty, you guys are not working on old stuff. You're working on anything and everything that comes in. But Ask him about the wood chipper that came in. Ask him. Old stuff. Wood chippers. Well, we work on some wood chippers and, you know, we work on everything. Yeah, that's so. what I mean when he's – did you see the video, Matt, of him doing the tires? And I'm just like, you know, man, I've worked in two truck shops in my life and I've never done as many as Brian has, right? Like it's just – I told them boys that mm-hmm. I could get them tires off them wheels faster than any tire machine. It takes two minutes yeah. for the tire machine to take them mm-hmm. off. I got a fighter, a Chinese one that was a fighter, and it only took me a minute. And I'm old, fat, and out of shape. <laughs> I'm kids. But I'm that's telling you right now. That's the beauty of a rural shop, right? Is that you guys could be one minute you're working on that a piece of equipment, and the next sure. you're working on like you were saying, their, you know, their diesel Jaguar or their diesel Benz or yeah. you know something that's yeah. brand new. Like you could be yeah. getting an EV in, like. You know, yeah, there's yeah, we've had we've had Teslas in. It's an interesting you stop know, all swearing. Sorts, no more swearing. All, <laughs> all sorts of hybrids, uh, John Deere tractors. Yeah. We've split a tractor in our shop before. Oh yeah, we've split a tractor to do a repair what, on it. What is splitting a tractor for so, us non-country redneck folk who don't? Live out <laughs> in the no, boondock? they don't really have frames, Matt. Like the engine block yeah. and the transmission housing. Is the frame so if you have to do something between the engine and the transmission, it has to be you have taken, to break yeah. the tractor in half, yeah, to replace That's when the pieces you get a new tractor. No, no, you just unbolt it and you're careful with some jacks. And John Deere's were built to last a hundred years, apart. so you know, they used to be yeah. built to last, 100 yeah, that's years why they don't sell many, and that's why you know, they didn't follow the rule of what is it. Obsolete. Planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence. Planned Planned obsolescence. Yeah, see, they didn't follow that, and that's why they're doing crappy today. They should have, and that's why they won't release any of the repair information or any of that other BSC. Telling you, they should just follow the plan. (laughs) But yeah, it was definitely. (laughs) Should have just followed the plan. Yeah, should have just followed the plan. It, uh, It was definitely worthwhile for us. The morning class. So I, if, if you haven't been to TST before, it's not like other events that I've been to. You know, other events, there's like eight classes, sometimes 10 classes. Who knows how many classes going mm-hmm. on at the same time? You mm-hmm. all go to different rooms and you all do different things, right? Yep. TST, they shove three or 400 guys in one room. Wow. One person instructs three or 400 guys. You all take the same class in the morning, the same keynote speaker, the same class in the afternoon. And it's like, it's like a starter destination event. Mm-hmm. It's a destination event that's not a ton of time commitment, and y- you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's a weekend instead of a weekday. Like it's you know. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like this huge time commitment where you're gone for four or five days mm-hmm. and everything else. You know, it's like okay, you got to be there Friday night. 
to get up Saturday, do their thing, and you leave Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, and Jim didn't come away from it going, uh, "I'm not sure this was a good idea." Right? He came away with it. Oh, like, he loved it. Yeah, he said he'd absolutely do that again. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well worth the investment. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yep. Well worth the investment. Um, in the morning class was was good because it was it was you know an electrical class. Keith Perkins did an electrical class, which was bang on. Yeah. It was a, it was an eight hour class that was shortened to like four ish hours. Mm-hmm. So there was some skipping around or whatever, which is fine. And then I told them in the afternoon they were doing some uh, some can diagnostic class, and uh, Adam Robertson was teaching. And I I told him I said, listen, I said this afternoon class. If these guys like want to go do something else, that's fine. But the the guys all sat through it, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a little bit of a mind melter for people that had to take you know a basic electrical class because they don't really understand electricity yet. It's a big jump, right, to go from say Ohm's law in the morning to can diag right in the afternoon. Yeah, like, talking about arbitration of modules yeah, and all this stuff. That I just would struggle with that. Like, for doesn't sure. really matter matter for their world right now, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think there is, I mean, I think that, you know, for, for the amount of money we had into it, I think with the hotels and eating out and, you know, Jim and I going out on Friday night when we got there, of course, because why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think. And the uh, alcohol. Don't forget the alcohol. Yeah, I've never seen like, people so intoxicated in my entire life till I went to a training event. <laughs> See, I don't stay up late, so I haven't heard everything like. At good at ASTE. Well, I mean, your your McDonald's. Oh yeah, you missed out on a lot of it, didn't you? I went to bed early. Like uh, Scott X is the same. When that way. guy was blasted and yeah. knocked that whole table full of glasses over. Oh my god, was amazing. You know, or your your story of you and Paul Danner in the drive through at McDonald's at ten minutes. Yeah, me jumping closer. on the little concrete pad trying to get the drive through speaker to trigger. I'm like, we need to eat. Damn it! Yeah, I was already <laughs> so asleep, and you guys were just there having fun. But I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm like with. Mr. Celebrity, it takes us like 45 minutes to get across the sports bar. I'm like, dude, I need, like, my cheeseburger pressure is yeah, getting low. He's, like, uh, I need to something in my back. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to him for a few minutes this morning. He's a great dude. Matthew, what do you, um, when you're, when you're putting a course together, Matt, what do you, how do you, how do I say this? How do you keep it so that everybody in the room can take something away from it? You know? I have no idea. Well, I mean, you do though, right? Like, cause I mean, no, I don't like, that's what's funny. Like everybody, like when I wrote my electrical course, which Brian has, he liked it. Mm-hmm. I basically said, well, how basic can we make this course? Right? Because my whole thought was I fix cars all day for other people and I fix them because I keep it super simple. Like right. I don't understand why the automotive industry has moved away from kiss yeah, uh, I swear. I swear. My next business business slogan is going to be "I kiss electronics," That's because awesome. I just keep it super simple. Mm-hmm. Because I'm stupid, and that's how I fix cars. Yeah. But so when I wrote the class, I thought, well, if if I was, and, and I guess this is how I do it. I go, well, if I need to teach my wife this, what does my wife need to know? That's a great, great perspective. Yeah. Because my wife doesn't fix things. Like, she's mm-hmm. very intelligent, but mm-hmm. it's a different – like, she's my proofreader because when I write the class, she'll be like, um, you have words here that don't actually form a sentence, yet you have a capital letter beginning and a period at the end. Not really sure 
what you're She's saying like, here. And you're like, Basically, she calls you a child. I'm emphasizing <laughs> the importance by putting it in capitals, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right? So that's kind of how I do it. But other than that, it's just like, well, what do I see people not know all day? The easiest class I found to write was actually my key class. Mm-hmm. Because I had gone from not knowing anything about keys, went to an automotive locksmith event that was in Orlando, <clears throat> met a couple people from the network, networking, and one of the guys was like, oh, you can program cars with J2534? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, you do keys too? And I'm like, mm, trying. Like, I bought a key machine and don't really know anything about it. And so him and I became friends, and then I ended up training at the event the next like three years which is fun but from him kind of helping me and the other people i met there i remembered easy because when i wrote my key class it was only like three or four years after i started doing keys right so i remember my initial struggles and not knowing mm-hmm. things so it was like okay what did i really wish i'd have known in the beginning that nobody explained oh i wish i'd known these terms right away because right. when you jump jump industries the industry terms change yeah yes and that's reflash. <clears throat> yeah, like reflash to them is putting a module back to virgin state. And I'm like, yeah, unprogramming. Yeah, yeah we, like, reflash, uh, we reprogram. Yeah, that's what I'm I was like, going to say. Right? Reflash to me is that, an update, not a right. yeah. kick it's back. It's very you know? confusing yeah. if you don't know that. Yeah. Or or they'll say, oh, yeah, I program Chrysler's all the time. I'm like, you programmed used ones all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just take this tool, put the pin in, and away you go. And I'm like, no, you did a security handshake. Like you didn't program it. Oh, well, we call it programming. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but that's that's not programming. That's a you know. Yeah. Everybody so, calls everything programming. <clears throat> yeah, we noticed. Do you program cars? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Matthew, do you find that? Do you find that a lot of the courses then? And Brian, the same question for you. Do you find that sometimes when you're sitting through some of this stuff, you find that it is too? I don't want to say advanced because you guys will be able to pick it up. But I mean, do you think like in Matt, when you're writing a class, is it something you intentionally, so obviously you're intentionally trying to keep it simple, right? Because of your own experiences, if you wish you had people just explain the terminologies better, the, the basics more in a class, do you find that some of that is, is too much as this assumed that when somebody's sitting in the class that they already know X, Y, and no. Z, right? No. No, I assume that you have forgot the basics. See? And and the reason is, is everybody forgets the basics. Everybody wants to go yep. to advance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mentioned this, so Brian has to listen to this crap twice because I mentioned it last night in the other podcast, which we won't mention. But I've been <laughs> reading this book, and it's by Jocko Willing and... Wayliff, I can't think of the guy's first name, but it's something Wayliff. It's two Navy SEALs, Jocko, officers. Jocko yeah. Will. Yeah. <clears throat> they were at Vision. One of them was at Vision and was a keynote speaker Sunday morning, like two years ago. So they have a book called The Dichotomy of Leadership, and they have a chapter on training. And the whole point of the chapter is that good leaders train their subordinates to take over their job. Mm-hmm. Because in the military, what are you trying to do? Well, you're going to get promoted. So that guy below you is going to have your job. Yeah. Or or if that guy gets decapitated yeah. by a sniper, the next person needs to know how to do that job. And yeah. they, they give you like these scenarios where they're like, 
this guy's a great leader. And we just pretended he was dead during this training exercise. The whole team fell apart. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Can't have that. And so the, the mantra of the chapter is good leaders train and the training should be hard. But he talks about the training doesn't need to be hard in concepts. The basics, it needs to be trained on the basics and the fundamentals. He says some of the worst Navy SEAL people to train with that I just found hard to deal with were the guys who always want to do these like advanced combat ta mm -hmm. tactics or advanced weapon tactics. He's like, no, the guy who wants to learn how to clear a room 57 times is the guy you want in the field with you. Well, why? Because if you have to go into a building and clear a room, you tap that guy, clear the room. You know the room's cleared right. Like, yeah. you don't have to worry. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Does that guy remember how to clear a room? And Brian will tell you, he read through my electrical class. I go through Ohm's Law, explain how it's derived. Yep. Then we do, like, an hour of math questions, which, let's face it, nobody in the automotive industry ever does the math. <laughs> We don't care. I hate that. I hate the part of that. Yeah. Right. But I, but mean, I, I have ask, an app on my phone, so yeah, whatever. But I ask everybody, That's hey, the if fastest we, way to do it. If we're at this point in the circuit and there's a and there's higher resistance here, is this voltage going to be higher or lower? Right? We just went through all the math. Mm -hmm. I don't care that you can do the actual math. Yeah. I want you to have the basic concept down of higher or lower, more or less current, right? Because yeah. that's all we yep. care about. Yeah. But yep. by showing you the math for the last three hours, you go, oh, okay, this makes more sense. And I've just drilled it into your brain so much at this point that you're going, mm -hmm. if if I don't answer this kid's question correctly, I swear to God, he's going to start the class over. I better answer it correctly. Yeah, all that um, all that poking around with your multimeter is useless if you don't know what to expect Amen. when you make for that sure. reading, yeah. right? It, it, that's, that's Okay. You know, you can go to a certain point in the circuit, but if you don't understand the basics, like Matthew's saying, mm -hmm. okay, you've got, you know, on this uh, uh, solenoid circuit, you've uh, tested the ground side with it activated and you have 11.1. Uh, Is that good or bad? Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't know, yeah. like, how do you, how do you know? I don't know. You, yeah. you got to know how to find out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the only way you find out is with the basics, you know, as much as nobody wants to admit it, you know, Ohm's Law comes in handy in the Bay every once in a great while. And it builds up. Like, I have these weird electrical, like, statements that nobody ever explains. Like, hey, all the amps are the same in a circuit. That's known as Kirchhoff's Law. Like, nobody cares. Right? right? But we go over it and we explain it. So, and it's like, okay, if you're at this point and this point, are the amps the same? And, and, you know, to get the guys to see a simple circuit and see and understand. And then I go through the very fun diagram of the, uh, what is it, the GM or Cadillac? It's got the three three relays to run the fans at two yeah. speeds or something. Oh, yeah. And everybody gets screwed up. And I'm like, all right, let's trace this and talk about where the volt what the voltages should be. Because if you can figure out how to read that circuit, I don't give a shit who you are. You can fix any car on the planet. because that You can fix sucks. the freaking space shuttle if you can get through that. <laughs> yeah, because that was stupid. Like, that was the dumbest smart design I'd ever seen in my life. Because the guy, the guy who sat in the corner, must have been given like five relays and going, "Hey, we need like ten speeds out of this fan. It's all you get relays. Good luck." I I literally had a GM tech, um, you know, because that that system's kind of been gone for a little while, right? Mm -hmm. I had a GM tech literally get a hold of me and be like, "What the f is this? And how do I figure out how it runs?" Yeah, you know, it's like. Yeah, well, here, how much time do you got and what's your phone number? Because I'm going to have to call you. This isn't something we're going to type out right here, yeah. you know. There's a lot going on. 
And one of the things that's often overlooked is everything today is five volts, five volts, five volts, five volts, five volts, five volts. All of a sudden, you get a you get a Chrysler, and you're like, oh, I have eight volts in the crankshaft. Oh, there's something wrong with this ECU. It should only be five volts. Mm-hmm. And you get a new ECU, you're like, eight volts. Oh, this one's broken too. Yeah. I've had a tech put like four in because he didn't know it was eight volts, and I'm like, and it's been eight volts for over ten years, like probably close right. to twenty uh-huh. years, really, like. Yeah, long more time. Like, I was gonna say, Jeff, yeah. more like twenty. Yeah, I keep thinking it's still like two thousand and five. You know right, what I mean? Like right. I can't believe that we're. Yeah, yeah you and I. I, think I about, graduated high school in two thousand and five, so we can move yeah. a little past that. Day. You and I think about ten-year-old uh, vehicles, and we're thinking like a nineteen ninety-six yeah. Silverado. Yeah, I yeah. see a two thousand. I'm, I'm on the same wavelength. I still see a two thousand and two Caravan, and my memory bank just starts firing. Right? It's like, oh, I don't know. like you know, because that was that was my. That was my youth, you know. That was my getting my feet wet in the, in the dealership thing, right? Like I could take those those things apart blindfolded, right? Like God, know? I see a two thousand two got Grand Caravan, and I'm like, that is a poor broke yeah. family who needs to upgrade their car. <laughs> yeah. If you see one here, you change lanes because it's going to be so rotten; it's not going to be safe to be near. Yeah, it might right? break in ass. In Florida, it's just going to be like it's probably going to overheat, and the tranny's on its third transmission, and it's still not shifting right, and every light will be Them on in the dash. They were on their third transmission fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they were freaking brutal, man. I worked with a guy. I worked with a guy that could pull a tranny out of one of them things or a neon in like 18 minutes or something stupid like that. He yeah. was freaking grease lightning. Yeah. 45 <laughs> minutes, they'd be on the bench and they'd have like the pans and the side cover off. Right? Yeah, yeah. The drum yeah, he had the thing. 45 for, yeah, minutes, exactly. it was like, yeah. you know, and an I'm hour? like, I'd walk past him. I'm like, what's this pay to overhaul? Eight hours. And it, yeah, yeah. Back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah, guys were doing three a day. Yeah. Yeah, they were unbelievable. Yeah, they were. They were, They cried. I'm sure when that 604 was gone because it was just. Yeah. You know, they made so much money on it, and then back then, if it if they defaulted a second, right? So if it if it still wouldn't shift at a second, and it had default in it, they would just kick over to my bay, and they'd be like, "Well, it's uh, got a new tranny in it," and uh, you know, and then you go find. I can't remember what color the wire was, but it was the main TCM wire that would go up to a relay. And you they just fix it the, off in the relay. Yeah, and you would just fix that, yeah. and it would start to shift again. And it was yeah, just that, that, you and I had the same job with those. Yeah. I had a guy that took them apart and put them back together, and then when they still didn't work, yeah. I had to figure out, you know, where See, the wire we, was rotted. Yeah. We don't have many rotted wires down here. Oh, <laughs> I had one. What day is the third? How do you guys make any money? <laughs> They, they make money putting the missing fuses in. For me, it's yeah. Like, huh? I pull the fuse in. I have in a freaking fifth wheel. I have a freaking live-in fifth wheel in my driveway that I bought with rotted-out wires. Yeah. Yeah. Up here, we pull the fuse out, and we look at the amount of green goo on the on the terminals of it, and then we decide, does it need a fuse box, or can I just get away with cleaning this circuit? Yeah. You know, like can I clean this up? Like We had uh, our, our F-59 that got towed in last week, uh, one of the trucks. You know, it's got 12 volts on the fuel pump relay, but it won't light a test light. Like we're, you hear me talking about it all the time. And that was another where my young apprentice is like, okay, well, it starts, but it'll barely run. You know, and I, it, we didn't hook a fuel gauge up to it. You could just kind of tell by how it was running that it had fuel pressure in it, you know, but it was low and staring at the exhaust pipe. And it's like, well, that doesn't look right. And then so it's like, okay. Uh, and he scans it and he's got, you know, all kinds of on time for the injectors trying to keep it running. It's like, okay, it's got a fuel pressure problem. And then I think it threw a fuel 
relay fault. So we go up to yep, the relay I've and it's like, before. okay, there's a broken wire at the back of the, you know. He's like, how did you know that? And I'm like, well, it's not broken, broken. It's just, just about broken, right? Like it's, the relay's not staying latched or the pump's not getting full jam. So, but. I think I need to send Matthew that picture. I have to find it. But I had a, like a 97 F-150 in about a year ago. Mm-hmm. That was a no crank, no com. Yeah. And I have to send him a picture of the ground and the kick panel was still bolted oh, to the piece of metal. Yes. But the piece yeah. of metal was rotted off the truck. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> like, it was that. like five square inches and it was just <laughs> hanging out in the air. Yeah. I'm like, well, the ground's grounded, but it's the rest of the the rest of the freaking kick panels yeah. not really. That's that's northern stuff. That's northern stuff, you know. That's like yeah. I mean, I've seen that. We've got I don't forget who the customer's name ex- uh, escapes me at the moment, but they had a fleet of like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, two fifties and three fifties. Right. And be all kinds of weird stuff on the inside of the truck going on. And you're like, you go down to that, that ground and you're like, well, I better run one from under the hood <laughs> to this yeah. wire because it's not there anymore. Right. And I was, I was a lazy hack. So where the parking brake was, was yeah. still in pretty good shape. Yeah. So I just pulled the bottom bolt out of the parking yeah. brake, put an eyelet there and screwed it back in and shipped the thing out mm-hmm. of here. That's for me, that's the whole, you know, training is important, but I mean, sometimes it's like, I was going to ask Brian. So when you guys came back from TST, did you have a plan in place to kind of implement now what you guys learned for your, for your coworkers? Yes. Yeah. You can tell me about uh, that. So what I've been doing is the minute I pull a car in and it's going to be something electrical, Mm -hmm. I I go get them. We got two guys in our shop and one guy from the Lockport shop. I try to get over to the other shop every, oh, I try to get over there once a week Mm -hmm. to work with them. They usually, they try to funnel their diags into one day day, kind of heavier than the others. And we plan, I go over there, but that's, that's been the plan and it's been working out good. Kind of make the guy say, okay, this is what it looked like on the screen. Mm -hmm. This is what it looked like on that meter testing board. Mm -hmm. All right. Show me what it looks like here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as to be expected, I have to guide them through Mm -hmm. that, you know, because it's not the same as the screen. Yeah. It's not the same as the test board. Yeah. It's. When you get to the vehicle, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Yeah. And that's sometimes you hear me say sometimes like, you know, people get too wrapped up in the math of it, right? And, and you know, whereas I like that light bulb analogy, right? I use it today like you and I were talking about how my, my apprentice had a light bulb moment, right? But it's very fitting because if you're using a test light, you're able to show them that, see, your meter's showing you that, you know, there's 12 volts there, but it's not carrying any current. Sure. Right? Yeah. And if then, it's open circuit, you know, yeah. it's, it's so that's what I find is that I I'm the same way. I grab my apprentice now cause he's young and new. Right. And it's like, okay, so Cameron, I want you to see this, right? This is, this is important stuff. And sometimes, you know, they get it and sometimes they know that it's important, but you don't see that the pieces necessarily click together, but you know that sure. you got some of it into them. Right. And it's just, yeah, you kind of have to keep trying to implement it, but, yeah, and I've told them, you know, this isn't going to be the last, you know, you don't take one electrical yeah. class and you're done. So you continue every time there's an electrical class, 
Yeah. Maybe not every time for me, but a lot of times, mm -hmm. like if there's a local electrical class and we got guys that need to go, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I it's think, hard to go to it. I think it's something that everybody in the, in the, you know, in the industry and I'm, I'm still on the fence. I'm not sure. I've kind of had a change of heart if everybody should recertify that has been certified in some, and I don't want to go down that, you know, wormhole of ASE and, you know, certifications, licensing and stuff. We'll just, save that for just another Just above night. David, since he's going to listen to this, we, we need to have uh, the government step in and, <laughs> and certify everybody. Just be like Canada. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be like Canada, eh? Exactly. Yeah. Establishment is the solution. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it, it's a situation of it's uh, – I think every time you go back and revisit the basics like Matthew was saying – you take a little bit more away, right, from it, and it it can help your process, you know. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I, you know, I have holes in my process. I have holes in my, <clears throat> you know, game, as you want to say. But it's it's when I, the fact that I don't, I try to keep it simple is what's helped me fix a lot of cars, right? And you and I were talking about that today, right? Like oh, I don't, yeah. I don't grab a lab scope as my first tool to grab, yeah. you know. Because I think that's a huge, I think that, you know, if you want to talk about issues with training, you know, it's everybody honestly, demanding advanced classes. Yes. Yeah. You know what I realized? And it's, and it's a double-edged sword, mm -hmm. right? Because it is, but 95% of guys need, you need to learn to, you know, crawl before you can walk. Right. And if a guy hasn't taken a class, a basic electrical class and a DVOM class. What, what's he doing sitting in a scope class? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, Go ahead, and when they say they want an advanced class, right? Like I asked the other day, um, or, well, not the It felt like the other day. You know, it was like just 10 years ago. It felt like <laughs> the other day. So I asked the other day, I said, well, I want you guys to define what an advanced network class would be. And I got no responses. Right, I, but yeah. then I started asking. I'm like, "Oh, you want us to talk about the broad weight and the other aspects of this network and how it works and chip level stuff?" Because, be honest, you're yeah, never going to use it to fix a car. Yeah, right? transceivers like, and arbitration and everything else. Yeah, I like mean, it's it's useless. Now, yeah. <clears throat> I took at Vision because if you go to Vision, you got to take one of his classes. Uh, a John Thornton communication class. Mm -hmm. And he actually started talking about that. Oh, like this was a 500 kilobit per second broad rate. And uh, if you notice to get that kind of broad weight, you should have a, a pattern of a 1.2 microsecond square wave on and off. And, you know, he had a point to it. And his point was, is that knowing this could fix a car. And, and he said he fixed a car that had a bad broad rate because it was speaking too slow. Mm. I was like, okay, cool. Like, okay, maybe once every blue moon it'll fix it. But I was thinking to myself, there is nobody who really wants to sit on an hour and a half class on KNFD and learn the different frequency variation dependencies of it and everything else. But yet I will label that as an advanced class that nobody's going to attend or pay for. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. these guys who say they want advanced classes, I just go, well then just buy the SAE pages. Right. Like, you can buy the SAE CanFD page. It's stupid money. I mean, yeah, right. it comes down every year because, you know, when it's first published, it's new and it's expensive. And yeah. then they drop it, drop it, drop it, drop it. And I'm like, who reads that crap? Nobody. So do you? Uh, nobody. Well, not nobody. People well, like John, John Thornton. 
sits over there and yeah. reads it. But John Thornton's also an engineer, yeah. right? So yeah. he cares. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. we're getting into that engineering level versus just what does it need to fix the car, you know? And that's, uh, you, you know. And what, what do you need to fix the car? The basics. Yeah. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah. There ain't any more. There ain't any less. 99% of cars are the basics. I worked a little bit of a short day today. Mm-hmm. I had 10 lines of diagnostic. Slacker. I fixed, I know, right? I fixed seven from the driver's seat with the scan tool and like maybe like, well, one I had to get underneath and use my eyeballs and a couple other ones I used my eyeballs without getting underneath the car. I had one I needed a meter and a test light. One I just used a meter and I got really fancy on this ABS multiple bearing replacement and proved that it was the harness with a signal generator. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And was there another way to prove it was the harness? Yeah, but honestly, the signal generator, it was the fastest way, you know. Watch the scan tool while firing a, a signal AC yeah. wave into it and twist the harness around and watch it drop out, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is the scope didn't come out. And I think what happens in a lot of cases is these hey, guys scope go, capture for that? Hey, send me <laughs> yeah. your Pico scope capture that. Yeah. I can't can't help you unless you get your Pico capture. Oh, yeah. you took that on a use scope? Oh, you need a Pico. Yeah. And I think what happens is, too, as guys go to these, they want these advanced level scope classes, and next thing you know, they have a Chevy in for a vent solenoid circuit code. Mm-hmm. And they're... Sco- they got the scope hooked up to the stupid vent zone. Like, I you know saw I mean? a guy post that just the other day in one of the groups, really? and he had scope captures of the vent solenoid, you know, closing and whatnot. And I, I didn't comment on it. I just looked at it and went, okay, you're trying to learn your scope. And that's he even said that. He said, I'm trying to learn my scope. And that's cool. I just, wow. Yeah, that's just not like the hot place Here, to use it. That's here's a great the, place for a test light. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. All these shops want training, 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 training. And I always go, have you ever let the guy play with the scope on a known fixed car? No. It doesn't do him any good to pull it out when it's broke. No. Because. Doesn't know what he's looking at. No, because here's the problem. I don't care if he doesn't know what he's looking at or not, because there's brand new cars that are broke, and I scope stuff that I know isn't broke, and I go, what the hell is that? The problem is, is let's say he's scoping a network. And it flatlines. And you go, is that normal? Is that bad? Is that my problem? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, if you scope at the... If you put a breakout box on a Tipum Gateway Chrysler, and there's no scan tool, it's a flatline on 614. I don't care what you do. It's just flatline the whole time. Yeah. Because the Tipum goes, well, there's nothing there. I ain't going to send any signal. Yeah. Right? It sends yep. one little check. Bloop, bloop. And that's it after that. Yeah. And then, you know... It's like you say you want all this training, but yet you never give your guys a couple paid hours at the end of the day to go, hey, you know what? You fixed that car. Awesome. Why don't you go ahead and scope that and see what it looks like now, now that we know it's fixed. Yeah. And if the part's simple enough to change, let's put back in the old one yeah. and scope it again. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because right. the scope's already set up. Let's just throw the part back in it. Like, sure. who cares? So hard, though, because right? they've already got the car promise for the end of day the customer it's maybe already been there longer than they wanted to they got to get it done right you could if you got a really good rapport with your customer you could say can i keep it one more day because we're going to make this into like a learning opportunity right and you know i can do this and i can do that but it's hard sometimes to 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 fit that in at the end of the business day right is to just you know and i think that's where we're as an industry we're 
we're we're not doing our due diligence in terms of trying to prevent the next one by uh, taking every advantage with the current one that we have. But sure. at the same time, the customer who is like, I'm going to come get it today if you don't have it fixed. Guarantee you call them at 4 o'clock. All right, it's done. I'll be there on Wednesday, even yeah. though today's yeah. Yeah. on Monday. Yeah. Because, you know, my great-grandmother yeah. is uh, coming down. Price, yep. Yeah. Every and then you time, every time I have one that I have to get through, mm-hmm. we got to get through mm-hmm. it. We got to get through it. It freaking... Oh, well, you know, as long as you got that fixed, why don't you keep it? Uh, I don't need it till Wednesday, and you guys can do the brakes on it, too. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> you know? <laughs> rebuild you know, it for me now that you know what's. Every single yeah. time. Now that we got the wiring figured out, let's rebuild the car. You know? Yeah. Can you go ahead and throw that new frame in there you <laughs> talked about was all rotted out? That'd be great. <laughs> so let me ask you guys, then, because you see a lot of this. Do you think that sometimes that... Owners wanting to, not owners necessarily, but the techs in the shop or the, even the people that are overseeing the, the techs, sometimes when they say, is it ever a situation where they go, well, I've, he's got the $8,000 scan tool and a scope and every other tool and the thing, and he's over there with a meter and a Tesla. Like why, you know, and when they, do you think that that's sometimes forcing the overcomplication as they feel like they no. have to? No, eh? No. I don't, no, I guess, not at all. I guess because I've been in the same place for so long. I guess I really can't speak to that too much. I like, get the it's opposite. A joke. Mm-hmm. It's a joke at our shop that I fix 50% of the cars with the $3.99 yeah. Harbor Freight test light that I like. God, you spent $3.99? Is it really? Is inflation that bad? I know. They used to be a buck ninety nine. They cost twelve ninety nine up here, there. so no complaining, okay? I used to go in there with like 25 bucks and walk out with even with our communist tax up here. It, yeah, it was like it was like 10 of them. Yeah, and I buy them. I still buy them like five or six at a time. By the time I pay taxes, one, so- I can't buy two for twenty five bucks. <laughs> it's twelve ninety nine for the same light I, on the Mac well, tool truck. Listen, Robert Silverstein, also known as Dutch, mm-hmm. needs another mechanic. You should just move to North Carolina. He's a great guy to work for. Super nice. You just lose your health care, but I don't yeah. think your health care is that great anyway. So hey, come on. It's getting worse by the week, honestly. If you want to, but it, the reason I asked my question about that is because I okay. So back to your question. Let me jump back. I, I hear the opposite at shops. Okay. I hear the shop owner the shop owner complain, I spent $12,000 on the Zeus, and they haven't once to use that scope, mm-hmm. and you're here using a scope. Because there is times when I use a scope. Like, right. I will bash scope users all day, but there's times when you just got to have it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you have to make advanced measurements, you need the thing, yep. right? Yeah. yeah. And I have some diagnostic processes that people make fun of, but whatever. Who cares? I use my scope. So, anyway, the shop owner just bitches, and I go... Well, have you ever sent them to scope training? That's my hand going up. And there's usually a pause. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that stuff existed. And so then I'll like be like, here, let me see your laptop. Oh, here's Vision. Here's ASTE. Here's Scanner Danner. The CarQuest Institute. Here's this. Here's this. What they need to watch is Scanner Danner and Shameless Plug. Well, no no offense. I have paid for more shops for a year to have Scanner Danner just because I'm sick of putting fuses in. And let me tell you. I still go to them shops and install more fuses. That was the best year of a, of eleven dollars a month I've ever spent in my life, <laughs> because they still can't check fuses, because they don't watch the videos. Apparently, they don't. They don't. They don't. And that's the problem. Like nobody wants to admit that as professionals, right? As professionals, 
you are going to waste your own time at night advancing your own career. If you are not in that frame of mindset, just pack your shit and move down to the next industry. Yeah, hang drywall or something, right? Like, Yeah, because, yeah. like, so, I, you may not know Jeff, but I hired my brother, right? Well, I heard talks he, of this, yes. You're right. So, he knows very little about cars, mm-hmm. but he's done construction his whole life, and I need somebody to help me do ADOS. Well, what's ADOS? It's all measurements, angles, Seven, right? Like, yeah. hey, is this at the right height? Is this level with this? Da, da, da. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to do fine at that. I just need to teach you the cars. I can teach you the cars as we do ADOS because he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't need to teach him brakes. Mm-hmm. I don't need to teach him brake, how to change brake beds. Yeah. Right. Like it's it, the stuff he needs to know to, to help alleviate some of my stress. Mm-hmm. Isn't that complicated, mm-hmm. right? If he gets one that doesn't calibrate, we'll wait till I have time and we'll go over it together and then we'll explain how all this crap works. So I have a buddy, uh, I'm not going to throw a shop out there, but it's a very high end guy. He was at ASTE. And I, uh, he's been helping me with my business. And I said, hey, man, you own a bunch of mobile trucks. You got a really, really like Taj Mahal shop here. Mm-hmm. Would, you, uh, would you mind if I sent my brother to you for two weeks and you really get him some solid training? Because he sees twice the amount of cars I do, right? right. He's got 13 trucks on the road. All right, so he sees 13 times the cars I do, right? And I'm like, you know, I think, you know, with your procedures you have and your policies, like, I, I think it'd be really beneficial to me. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Just send him down. I'm like, what? How much do you want? Oh, well, he goes, hey, we're friends. We're helping each other out all the time. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'm like, okay. I know the gentleman so, you're speaking of. Yeah, he is a yep. fantastic. He's a stand-up guy. Yeah. And uh, I just don't want to throw him out there no. just because I'm talking about him training my brother. So, you know. No, I understand. And so my brother and him have been chit-chatting. And my brother's like, man, he's giving me more stuff to read and watch and do. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's just part of life. And He's like, man, how much time have you spent at home at night reading stuff? And I'm like, a lifetime's worth. I could name less nights I don't go home and read mm-hmm. stuff than yeah. nights I do. <laughs> you know, I think, I think a lot of the people that, uh, I think there's a lot of people in that type of, you know, especially with the calibration stuff, because it's compared to a lot of the rest of the automotive industry, it's relatively new, right? Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of people that are reading till three and four in the morning sometimes man and, and then i, know I go on it. facebook and the guy's going oh my scan tool is telling me the roll angle is wrong anybody know what's wrong yeah yeah your calibration the scan tool is fucking telling you the roll angle is wrong like it's not even rocket science it's telling you the roll angle is wrong like just yeah. fix it it's, it's literally the one situation <laughs> where the scan tool gives you the problem. Mm-hmm. It's literally the one situation where it literally tells you what's wrong. It, it literally tells you problem. And so, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting experiment. Now, to, to kind of explain why I'm willing to take this risk, my stepdad's a master electrician. So, mm-hmm. we grew up doing electrical work as side jobs. Right. So, I know he knows electricity and how it works because – he did electrical I did. He did my stepdad um is now the chief building inspector for Winter Park. Mm-hmm. Well, we've done countless AC jobs. So I know he knows how AC pressures work and how this works and that works. So it's it's not so much I have to train him on everything. I just have to get him to think automotive wise. Yeah. Yeah. But going from a house to automotive isn't that big of a step. Granted, I get it, we're talking A C D C and mm-hmm. we're talking, you know, different pressures and and other things, but overall, it all functions the same. Yeah. The basics is basics. You hand him a meter, he's not totally lost. 
No, yeah. no, he can turn it on and go, wait, I need the three dots in the line? Why do I need the three <laughs> dots in the line? I've always had to have the squiggly line. Yeah. Right? It's all like, this min-max business. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely going to be interesting, and I'm really interested to see how this works out. He's been doing great. And and I don't make a million dollars a year, right? Like, I, I do okay. You do half a million. All right. I, probably, all right. Yeah. I, I do pretty well. <laughs> and so, like I told him, I'm like, hey, kind of keep track of your hours of what you're reading at night and let me know. And I'll pay him for a lot of his time. One, it's my brother. And and two, I agree. He He's giving up his personal time. But I think there's going to be times that come up in the future where he's going, oh, I got this car. Have you ever done one? And it's going to be some 23 car that I've never seen that he's going to have at his shop that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. And I'll be like, no, you're going to have to read it and figure it out, bud. Yeah. Like, call me if you can't figure it out, and then I'll come over and we'll do it together. But I guarantee you there's going to be plenty of times at night where he's reading on his own time because this is his new career path and his profession. And I, I, I mean, doctors do it. Yeah. I, sure. And I think that's the shift that we're starting to slowly see in the industry is that they're paid training is now starting to become, you know, more accepted, more encouraged, right? Where it was, I mean, I still do it. I, I have to go to Napa, you know, and it's it's Monday night every five weeks, you know, and it's 6 till 9.30 and it's hard to stay awake and it's hard to stay focused at the end of the day. But I mean, I go because it's the only training I'm going to get, right? So it's like, that's, that's in that, I mean, I'll get the rest of my training online, but that's the only training I've, I've been signed up for, you know? So it's like, I'm just happy to have that. I wish it was, you know, during the day, I wish it was paid. But at the end of the day, you know, it's at least I'm getting some, you know? And I think that that's what more of us in the industry need to embrace is the fact that it's it's not something that's going to be, well, it already now it shouldn't be an option. And in the future, the very near future, even the present, it isn't an option anymore. You know, regardless of what they say, when people say, well, there's still guys that are, you know, getting fixed all day long in shops that do no training. Yeah. Okay. So they're fixing cars, but the problem there's they're fixing cars. There is and there isn't though. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Like they say there are. Yeah. I was just at this meter class and I was just asking some guys that were there that were old enough to know that was, that was the, the first thing, the scariest part about that class is William, who I took with me, was 17. Mm-hmm. He was the youngest. Me at 36 was the second youngest. And then we had a bunch of people who struggled to turn their meters on. Right? So we talk about all these cars that are supposedly getting fixed uh, by accident after they put enough parts in. Right? And programming, like I'm talking to guys, and I'm talking to a guy that only works on BMWs and Volkswagens. That's the only thing he works on, right? Do you know what he does? Puts them on a flatbed and gets them towed to the dealer. Yeah. Like, for programming. Like, like if you were only going to work on two car lines, do you think you'd probably just, like, take it from beginning to end on those two car lines? No, because he is so depressed and so demoralized after just trying to figure out what's wrong in them piles. But I wonder how many times... Sending him to the dealer to program is a joy. (laughs) And I wonder how many times the dealer calls him up and go, okay, we programmed it, it's still not starting, or it's... We programmed it, and it's still the lights on, the codes there, and he's like, okay, bring it back, You know, yeah, and I mean, and then that's the kind of 
you know, I, I've had those cars in my bay that have come from the other shop when I was at the dealer, and it's just like you hate to be that person that has to go out to the advisor and go, okay, call them up and tell them that, you know, we did this and it's still broke because I was always pretty good with it. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to help them out because I kind of, I mean, I've seen this before, <laughs> you know, tell the guy to go here, here, and here, and um, it's going to be one of those three spots, right? There's going to be a green pile of, you know, corrosion, and if you cut that out and fix it, it's going to work, you know? Pixie sticks. I call those pixie yeah. sticks. But, I mean, it was – I can still remember I had an old – I think it was like an old four caravan, and the service manager walks into my bay one time, and he's like, we've got a shop just around the corner that buys a lot of parts, and they've got one sitting there, and he says, um, the radio doesn't work, the airbag light's on, and when the guy hits the brake pedal, the radio light's kind of dim for a second. And I'm like – he's like, didn't you fix one of them last month? And I'm like, yeah, it's Splice uh, S236. It's underneath the carpet in the middle of the back floor pan, right? And he, the, the service manager just kind of looked at me and he goes back to his office and he calls the guy up and he, he comes back at the end of the day and he's like, um, they're going to send over two boxes of donuts tomorrow because, uh, you know, you fix that car for them. And I said, I didn't fix the car. I just told them something I'd seen, you know, like it's not a situation of, did I fix it? No, I just saw something once. And back then my brain was really good at remembering, you know, exact numbers and exact figures and wire colors and stuff like that now i work on so much now you're old and slow i work on so much different stuff that i don't my brain doesn't keep it at the front of it to remember it right away but it was like you know i felt bad because i already know what they'd done at that shop they'd already put a radio in it and you know and that's the radio when it's only two years old is not a 200 dollars radio right even to buy it from the junker they want a little bit more money you know, so I felt bad yeah. for that, that they'd done that, you know. So I hate to be that person that always is like, you know, you want to make that phone call and say, well, we did it what you wanted and it's still not fixed. What do you want to do now? And it's just a, you know, I wish it never had to happen that way. I, but, but I, I can tell you from mobile experience that when they call and go, hey, can you come down and program this computer? The next question out of my mouth isn't even what make, model, or year it is. Because they don't tell you that, no, right? Like, no, no. Can you come down and program this computer? Is Why do you want it programmed mm-hmm. is my next question. Well, we've tried yeah. everything we can yeah. think of, mm-hmm. and it's still not fixed. So we want to see if programming it will fix it. Without skipping a beat, the next words out of my mouth are, sir, if it fixes it, you'll be the first one in nine years that this fixes the problem. <laughs> so if you would like to pay me a stupid amount of money to come down and push a button, we will do that because you can just add to my income because I don't mind taking your money. I'm just telling you right now it's not going to fix your problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had we had one the other day. It was a V6 Toyota, and they were like, oh, well, it's got uh, you know 20 – it had some O2 code. And yeah, it's a V6, and yeah. it's only got on one side. They're like, we need it programmed. And you look at the TSB, and it lists out, like, three codes for each side. Mm-hmm. It's only got one of the codes. Mm-hmm. It's freaking got, you know, it's it's like a 07 or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, dude. So why this is isn't, it almost 20 years This ain't going to fix your O2 code. This no, sucker no, no. went down the road for 165,000 miles and did not need to be flashed. The software <laughs> just suddenly went bad. 14 years yeah, later. Yeah, software must have went <laughs> bad yesterday. No, the best is 
when they have a transmission TSB for like a shift concern, right? Like a flared shift or a delayed shift. They'll call me. Hey, we got this TSB. And if they have a TSB, fine. I'll just come do it. I don't even ask any more questions. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you did your research. Never fails. It's for a shift. Get in the car, 192,000 miles. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to fix it, huh? So this thing drove 192,000 miles without needing this TSB update. Now, all of a sudden. But maybe that customer came in. Maybe that customer came in with that bulletin and wanted it done. You know what I mean? No, customers aren't that smart in my area, sir. Mm-hmm. Like, come yeah. on. We are the land of Disney and old people. <laughs> Mostly, as Jim Morton calls it, I am in God's waiting room. Everybody here is just waiting to go to Jesus and see where they're going to end up for eternity. You know, especially, you know, touch on that, Matt. When it comes to flashing transmission stuff for, with software updates, if we're going to speak technically, mm-hmm. for transmissions to address uh, drivability, you know, concerns. If it's not a Honda with TCC shutter, flashing it is not going to fix it. Yeah, that's the only one that that's the only one that works every time. If you bring a Nissan in and want that flash done to save that transmission, I got news for you, but it isn't going to do it. <laughs> it already yeah. needs fifteen Silverado, and it's got a shutter. It needs a tranny. Yep, and it needs a, a torque converter, and, and and that little thermostatic bypass valve too. Yep, for sure. Do you guys do that up north? Because yeah. it's so cold up yeah. there. Yeah, yep. You doing, yep. Brian? Yeah, yeah. When I had my training rebuilt, my trans guy was all into it. Oh, you need this? I'm like, whatever, dude. You're building it. You're warranting it. I don't the care. next training I install in anything, if it's got one of them, it's getting a new one every time now. So we put an eight speed in a 3500 Savannah, and it because it wouldn't shift at all, and had it shift like had it put in, drove it over to the dealership to get it programmed because we don't do that at my shop. And uh, it was good for like three days, and then it came back, and I had like a, a flare and something else. And sure enough, that that valve thermostatic switch had stuck. That's what caused the initial failure of the. Well, we can't say that because those eight speeds and Chevys are shit. But uh, you know, now it's like if, if we're going to quote a tranny, we just quote that when we're there because you know, cover your butt, right? Well, because yeah. in Florida, it's, like, stupid hot, yeah. right? Like, you guys are the opposite. You're stupid cold. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, I wonder if the trannies even get warm up north if they have the thermostatic bypass. And yeah. Jeff's at minus 40 degrees. <laughs> those uh, those Chevy transmissions, they got something going on where they don't like heat. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a Chevy, I mean, none of them like heat, right? But, like, in a Chevy pickup truck... Like in a 2015 ish Silverado, when that tranny hits like a. Yeah, in a a 2500, when that tranny hits 190 degrees, like it tells you on the dashboard to the customer, hey, like, whoa, what's going on here? Pull over. I can drive my 2021 Ford around and pull up my tranny temp, and I'm running around at 199 driving around, and it doesn't care, and them things freaking last forever. Yep. You know, it's funny you mention that because I just programmed four 10 speeds today. Ooh. Super and my duties. buddy's like, oh, yeah. And my buddy's yeah. like, we got six more to go out back. It's a fleet company. Mm. And the biggest mileage Are we got so far. Cases? No. No, they just don't okay. shift. Like, put it in really? drive. It's got no first. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a Super Duty free rev. Like in gear, oh, and, it's like, woo! Oh. and then all of a sudden, like when the when the RPMs get up enough, it like drops into second, and it's like really? wham! And then it like I bet you that's freaking violent. Oh, 
Can you imagine? Matt needed to change his shorts today because he didn't warn me that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you broke it. I really thought I wrecked this brand new truck. Like I thought I hit something. The knee. Because I, I had to move. I had to move one of the broken ones, right, to get my van through because the battery was dead. Because at every shop I go to, the battery's dead. Mm. And so I moved <laughs> it, and he didn't warn me it was going to happen. But he stood there and kind of like watched. So I thought something weird was going to happen. Yeah, I, I I had to go change my shirt. There was an update for the Nissan Titans when they put that new tranny in the trucks a couple years back. And there was a relearn you had to do and get the oil up to temperature and the whole thing. And they sitting in the bay when you're holding on stall and then it goes into the ship. You thought it was going to like break the, the motor mounts. It was so violent. Oh, it yeah. Like, GM's relearns can be pretty bad. Yeah. 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 Do you guys think that? This, I mean, when they. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. When they tell you to hold your foot on the <laughs> brake. <laughs> used to. You. Used to, because that sucker will yeah. be like, wah, yeah. bah, 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 and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> and I'm a little man, so I'm like pushing with all my might, pulling on the steering wheel, like, oh dear Jesus, don't go through you're the like, wall. Yeah. Do you guys think that doing, so when you're, these tranny things, and you know how we used to say when customers would come in and it's like they want a transmission service, and you'd say, no, because the liability thing is going to be that I'm going to service it. And then next month when it doesn't shift at all, you're going to be back. Do you see that software going the same way? Like where you can kind of say, no, I don't want to flash it because I don't want the liability. No, no, way. I don't care. I pushed the button. I didn't buy it, build it or break it. I'm just there to do as you demanded. Brian, you're the same or, I mean, I know Brian, you guys, you, you kind of sublet a lot of your training work, but if the customer comes to you with, you know, and if wants by, the, if by a lot, you mean every yeah. last one of them, baby. <laughs> So, it's the so, best thing we've ever come up with. They come so, get it on the tow truck. We send so many of them. We sent them like in 2022, we sent them like 57 Chevy Silverados alone in 2022. Even some 50. You should buy a junkyard unit and just keep it on the bench so then you can save a tow and just do the Dude, install. no, they come get man, they come get it and they price it out so cheap. The customer calls the same place. They quote the customer the same price and they they give us like a $500 deal on it. So we get it, we diagnose the tranny bad, we call the tranny shop for a price, and we call the customer to get approval, and then they come get it, and we make 500 on the job, and we don't, we don't take a single bolt out of the transmission. Easy money. Yeah, I, it's, it's a match <clears throat> made in heaven. Here's, here's the deal with flashes, and, and where it's gone, and how much I dislike it. Ford just says, is there an update available? Yes, mm -hmm. update it. And you're like... What the f does this update do? And you know what Ford tells you? We're not going to tell you. Just just go ahead and update it. The problem is, is they'll ask you a really random question. So my wife drives a 2020 Ford Explorer ST. It's badass. 400 horsepower, all-wheel drive, 0 to 60 in like 5.9 seconds with the kids in the back seat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's got a good turbo mode. And uh, it's got a full-wheel drive. It's, it's all-wheel drive. Well, there's a transfer case update. And it asks you, hey... Does it have one or two sensors? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I don't know. Like, is there a picture of what a one sensor one looks like and a two sensor? Because I, I don't know what to look for underneath. So I went down to the Ford dealer because I had to take it there for some warranty work, which is why I was updating it because uh, the rear camera didn't work, which was a big issue for a long time. And I asked the shop foreman, I said, hey, man, I said, can you uh, update that all-wheel drive module? And he goes, 
you got the one or two sensor question, didn't you? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, we ain't updating it. We don't know what it means either. <laughs> you kidding me? He's like, we, 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 we don't know. There's there, like in 20 to 21, they changed from this one sensor to two sensor transfer case. But if you, he's like, and if you nobody pick knows, the wrong, he goes, if nobody you pick, knows about the second sensor in the grassy knoll. <laughs> well, this, well, this is what he said. He goes, if you pick the wrong one, it won't, it won't move. And you can't go back. And you he goes, can't go back on it? No. No. Because I, did this, I no. did this with a Fusion that didn't have like the 14S12 done one time. I just kept saying, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you know, it, the 14S12 was the thing where they put the coolant temp sensor in the line and they uh, spliced into the power steering and it was like a CAN bus coolant temp sensor. What would be wrong And the, the car went into FU mode. Yeah. It was like engine overheat, blah, 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 blah. And I was able to go backwards on that somehow. You can't- I don't know. Well, it's because this is FDRS, so oh, oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So You're absolutely right. Yeah, that was most definitely IDS, and I yeah. So one hundred percent understand. I'm like, what well, what do you about. do if you program it wrong? He goes, well, we tell Ford that their software screwed up, and we need another transfer case, which comes with a new transfer case control module, and they're always two, they're always number two when we get the new ones, <laughs> and so that's what we do. And I'm like, great. So this is the only module in my wife's car that's not updated because he's like, what I should do is next time we brick one here, because he goes, it's going to happen. Some One of the techs here will just say, hey, there's a problem. Oh, I need to update it. And he'll just pick the wrong one. Yeah. And he goes, I should take a picture of that entire case with one sensor because now we'll know. And he goes, and then when the new one comes, take pictures of it. And then we can be like, oh, that's how you identify one. I probably would have done that the first time I saw it. I probably wouldn't be waiting until Matthew Skunder came and asked me the question. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what he said? He goes, they're all under warranty, so we don't care. <laughs> right? I'm getting paid regardless, baby. <laughs> well, he's getting paid three tenths to update the thing. You know, what's he and, care? He don't care. It, well, and the problem is, is the whole car is not like three tenths. Like, just doing the rear view camera takes 47 minutes. And it's a camera module. Is your does yours have the image processing camera like the F one fifty? That's freaking five hours of my freaking no. life. I'll never get back. Yeah, you were talking about that last week, Brian. You did that for that truck. That's you? because of a, a Ford Blue Cruise, and there's a yeah. TSB that tells you if this vehicle yeah. is equipped with Blue Cruise, if you do, you have to do the imaging processing module, the cruise control module, the instrument panel, does the ECM, the TCM, and it does it does like five yes. or six modules. So. I can tell you this, when I told Jim that was available for his truck and we were about to drive five and a half hours to TST in three days, there was no limit on the amount of payroll he was going to let me burn to make his truck updated to Blue Cruise for that drive. <laughs> it was pretty sweet, actually. Who did, where did we read? I can't remember. I read something in one of the groups <clears throat> last week. Somebody was talking about those those updates and whatnot, and some of them were taking like 10 hours to do. Oh, the- so so the TSB says it can take anywhere from four to eight hours right. to do, depending on how the truck is. Then every module that's failed during that process is another hour yeah. and a half. Yeah, this is... Yeah. So <clears throat> the record at my dealer that I service is 16 hours. Yeah, and basically the, the service bulletin they released you know, talks about those times and it's, it's basically tells the dealer that, okay, yeah. if your tech does this and he punches this much time on it, you, you can pay a guy up to eight hours for this module. Mm-hmm. 
you know, as compared to the normal time was like, I don't know. I, I just read the bulletin because I just went through it with the image processing camera. It was like, I think the normal time was like 0.8 or 0.6 or something like that. And they're like, no, 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 no. If he does it this way, you can pay him this much. And then if the cluster or the or the center stack won't take the programming via USB, you can, you know, the USB yes. programming should take 25 minutes. If it doesn't take it via USB, you know, it's, you can pay oh. him four hours this way and. The, the time part on the bulletin is longer than the bulletin. That's how many variations yes. of times. Yeah, there are. it was all like, stupid. yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So, but, but the problem is, is that like now as a mobile guy, you go to a car and you're like, what'd you replace? Oh, you put a radar module on that. Here's that. It. Oh, it's a 2020 F-150. Oh, I could be here for like eight hours doing this truck. When's the customer coming? Oh, the customer's coming in an hour. Well, you might want to tell them not to. Because I'm going to come back at 5 o'clock, and that's when I'm going to start this. And I'll be back first thing in the morning. We'll see how many modules don't respond in the morning. Okay? Okay. Let's do that. And that's and that's what it was for me, too. I mean, it was, you know, it was, I started at 7.30 in the morning, and I think I didn't put the wraps to it at, to, until, like, 2 in the afternoon, you know? And... I just, uh, it, it was, it was nuts, you know, and luckily I caught it in time with the image processing camera. Cause we were, we were in a chat group. I was in there with Matt and then somebody else shared, a shared the bulletin or something like that. I was like, Whoa. And I freaking backed the thing out the door, backed it out the door and put it on the side of the shop, ran a cord out there to the battery maintainer. And I let it sit up there. So you don't the kill your baby for the day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So guys in closing, and this is not closing right away, but let's, the, the the hot topic return on investment and training are we are we talking bean counter return on investment because if we are there's zero if we're talking that's exactly return yes. on investment then for your shop for your reputation for the ability to get cars in and out fixed right on the first visit ffivs mm -hmm. then it's huge mm -hmm. right yeah but bean counter i i don't I don't you know. You can't track it. Yeah, there's not a metric, you, right? You could track it. Uh, don't get me wrong. You could. But it'd take you 100,000 hours of research to track it. And and at that point, it did just say like, oh, well, you wasted more money in tracking it than what you gained back. I think you can track it when they're the closest maybe would be to every car that somebody called you and you said, can you do this to my car? And you say no, because either I'm not trained or I'm not tooled. That would be tracking it to me on the other side of the equation, right? Which is lost. Well, that's right? you know not but, earned, but, but lost. But that's only if you can. But that's only if you can add a new service. So for most shops, right. I'd be going like, "Oh no, I can't calibrate your radar. Oh, now we can. We're trained on it." Mm -hmm. And I think ninety-nine percent of training, you're not adding a new service. You're improving your current service. Right. You already do updates, but now you're going to buy a new tool. And you're going to update more systems on the car, maybe, right? You know, and it's especially bad when you're like me, and no matter what it is, you just say, "Well, I'll just guess I'll have to figure it out. I'll find a way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be crying. I'm going to I'm going to have a Mercedes Benz in an enclosed car hauler driving it. I'm going to drag it to St. Cloud to have Matt fix it with a Zentry in about a week here. <laughs> Damn right. You're going to have to wait four hours for the blue screen to go away from the Windows updates, but you're good to I, go. Yeah. I I just you know. 
I just can't not do it. I I can resist anything but temptation, right? Like, I'm like, man, it looks like this might work, even though it's probably not going. It's that pride thing, though, right? We all have it. I mean, you have to have it. It's a huge ego problem. No, 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 no. I I make more money by saying no than I do by saying yes. Avoiding the freaking time wasters, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know, right? You got to be able to bet them for sure. So back to your back to your question. When I go to a training event, right, just use whole round numbers, mm-hmm. okay? Say I'm bringing in ten thousand a week in income, right? Gross sales. We're not talking any expenses, right? Just ten thousand dollars gross sales, whole number. So now I'm losing that. I've done paid my flight. Let's say the flight was fifteen hundred bucks because we're in the Biden era of inflation, right? I got a hotel. For four days, that's fifteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I got food. Food division was f- four days. The hotel was expensive. Then you got other other lost avenues in it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think going to Vision with expenses, just me, twenty, like fifteen to eighteen thousand. Yeah, yeah. That's four days. Am I going to get the lost revenue? Is what kills you. Yeah, the lost revenue revenue is what kills me. Oh yeah, because especially being by yourself right now, you know. I mean, I know you just added your brother on, but you know he wasn't in the mix at the time. No, no, and and and, he's still not. And that's what really freaking murders you. Oh yeah, and then and to me, I look back at it and I go, "Well, was it worth it?" Right? Because that's what we're talking about. And now I've gone to vision. Three or four times. So you figure every time, let's just say it was fifteen grand, right? Well, we'll average amount. Mm-hmm. So I spent sixty thousand dollars going to Vision. Probably first time wasn't nearly as expensive because I didn't have much work, but I went. And you go, no, no, you'll never make that back, right? The ROI is not there, money wise. However, the networks, the friends I made, the people who have who have gone, hey, man, you're pretty smart, but you suck at business. Mm-hmm. Let me help you yeah, with your business. Right. That That's where the ROI will never show up. But them friendships, like I have met probably the smartest person I'll ever meet in my life, a guy named David, very humble guy. Yeah. Yep. And, and every time yep. I call that sucker, I'm like, hey, David, I got this Mercedes and – it's not working. So how are you? How's your day going? And he's like, "Are you gonna tell me what's wrong with the car, David?" The last six times I've called you and mentioned the car doesn't work, it like knows you're on the phone, and, and you're like the car working. guy, and it just works, it man. To it work. starts to fear yeah. for its life. Like I, I just can't explain it, but it works. And so yeah. now I just call him as a joke. But those are those people that I've met, like um, Eric Ziegler, and I talk every morning for probably an hour. Um, his whole crew has like a little morning meeting and even though I don't work for him, I'm now part of the morning meeting. And if I call late, he yells at me. It's kind of funny. That's cool. So, but the advice and, and seeing how he runs things is great because that now gives me something like, Hey, Eric does this. I like this or Eric does this. It works for him, but I don't like it. So maybe I won't do it. Maybe I'll change something a little different, Mm -hmm. but I get to see it. I get to hear it, feel it, touch it. Right. I wouldn't have had them opportunities if I wouldn't know what to training. Right. Yeah. Now, you'd, you'd still be doing 5,000 a week instead of 10,000 a week. Right. And so yeah. now it's like, okay, is training worth it? No. 
Is it worth it? Yes. Like it's it's hard to justify. And and what's really funny is my body shops used to bitch all the time. Oh, you're going for another week of training. So I probably go three three weeks a year. I'm gone mm-hmm. just in training. So that's a huge amount of income loss. Like you take a month basically away. Yeah, it's huge. And the uh, the one shop owner one day had a car. Forget what it was. And I called Kirk and I'm like, Kirk, I know you and I talked about this at one of the training events. What'd you do to fix this? And the manager was standing there and I had it on speakerphone and he laughed. He goes, oh, you don't remember? I'm like, no, dude, it was two in the morning. I just remembered you had this car. He goes, oh, go over here, check this, do this, and this should fix the car. I did it. And I was like, thanks, man. You fixed the car. I love you. Owe you a beer. Bye. And I just hung up. And the boss is like, anytime you want to go to training, you can go. Because at that moment... (laughs) He realized didn't matter he didn't get them cars out on time mm-hmm, that week. Mm-hmm. Totally worth it because I just bailed him out of that jam. Yeah, yeah. And I remember what it was too. It was a Nissan that as soon as you hit the unlock button in the car, the windows automatically rolled yep. down all four yep. of them. Yep. And I'm like, what'd you do to the car? Oh, we put a trunk in it or something stupid, right? I'm like, what's that have to do with the windows? And I'll never forget. Kirk's like, you need to take door panel off the the door door lock rod fell off and it's holding it down and it thinks it's it's being held in the unlocked position yep. which rolls down all four windows. Yep. I'm like, how do you know that? Oh, we did it once and got burned by it. Now we know. Ah. Oh, thanks. Right? Like, yeah. but if it would have been yeah. at the training event and him mentioning something crazy about this weird Nissan with windows rolling down and joking around about how David fixed it in like no time at all and or I don't know who fixed it or whatever. But... It, it was just one of those things.